And we praise the Lord, there was Jesus. Even when it doesn't seem that he is speaking, doesn't seem that he's there, our Jesus is always there and he is always working. Even in the darkness, God still speaks. I believe through the last year we've been through our ups We've been through our downs. We've been through times that maybe it seemed that we began to question, is God there? The darkness seems to become so dark that sometimes we question. And just as that song said, there was Jesus, I want to assure you today that even in the darkness, In the hard times, the difficult times, the trying times, God is there. He is still on the throne. He is still God. He is alive and he is reigning. And for our comfort today, I want us to turn into God's word, into the book of Isaiah. If you would begin turning to Isaiah chapter 41... And verse 10, and as you're turning there, I want you to understand what's going on here at this point in the scripture. God's chosen people have been living in Jerusalem. They have the temple that is built there in Jerusalem. It is the center of their worship. It is the place where God resides over that Ark of the Covenant, what we would call the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And where our scripture is coming from today is because of willful rebellion on behalf of God's chosen people, the Israelite nation, they have removed themselves from underneath God's protection, the uh, enemy from around the Assyrian army is in the process of becoming one of the largest armies and kingdoms around. And this Assyrian army has come into Jerusalem, has taken Jerusalem over, has destroyed the temple and taken God's people captive. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be a dark time. If you were God's chosen people, he is your protection. And now all of a sudden, you are in captivity to the enemy. The very center of your worship has been demolished before your very eyes. And you've been in captivity now for some time. You have realized that it was because of your choices that you have entered into this dark time. You would begin to wonder... How dark and how long will we be here? Will we ever return? So what I want us to look at, first of all, if you have your Bibles there, open to Isaiah 41, verse 10. If you would please stand as we read the verse for today. Going to look at one verse, verse 10. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Father God, I thank you today for your word. Father, I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to Holy Spirit, that we may hear from you. 
Father, would you anoint me with power, Father, to proclaim your message for us this morning. Father God, we just pray everything in the precious and most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As we begin today looking, the first thing that we see as we're talking about that in the darkness God still speaks is God gave them a command and God said, do not fear. There were many reasons that the Israelites had to fear. One, they had been taken into captivity. They had been taken from their homeland, their temple, which served, as I said, as the center of their worship, has been destroyed right before them. The temple in Jerusalem where the Holy of Holies was, the, the very presence of God. So can you imagine in their minds that this temple, the presence of God had been destroyed? Had God departed from them? Had God uh, abandoned them? I'm sure that they feared that the presence of God was no longer there. Why did God say, do not fear? Because when we go into dark times, when the Israelites were in captivity, they'd been there for so long, Satan likes to play with our mind. The one thing that he cannot hear unless we say, but he can put thoughts into our minds. And Satan, I'm sure it began working on their minds. He probably began putting thoughts like, if God is with you, why are you in captivity? If God was with you and in control, why would he have allowed the temple, his home, to be destroyed? Satan probably was trying to convince them that they were never going to return home because of their unfaithfulness. God had written them off, he said. The rebellion was because of their homeland being destroyed that God had left them. But God had a prophet, the prophet Isaiah. And God used prophets in that day to bring a message from God. We hear messages today through the Holy Spirit. But in their day, this prophet would bring messages. And in Isaiah, he's writing to them. And when you look in Isaiah and you look at the first set of chapters from about probably one up to about 40, it's about condemnation. But when you pick up in about 40 through 60, 66, you're looking at God's working in their life. They're returning back into Israel and into Jerusalem. And God wanted to encourage them. And he used his prophet Isaiah. And reading in the other parts of the book, we see that, you know, they were probably fearing because of them being in captivity. Babylon had taken them off. They're over there. They're going to fear Babylon. There's a new ruler coming up. There's Cyrus. But God wanted them to understand, don't fear your two major fears. Don't fear Babylon because Babylon's fixed to be no more. We read that in scripture that God takes care of that. Don't fear this new leader coming up into rule Cyrus because he's fixed to be the one that's going to help you return to your homeland. You see, in their minds, what they fear was actually things that God was using for them. God wanted them to know that while all hope might seem lost, 
that he was still with them. Amen. Can you agree to that? God wanted them to know that since he was with them, there was no need to fear. In the New Testament, in Romans 8.31, we read, What then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who is against us? God is saying, you don't have to fear. I'm with you, he says. We see that in that second part of that verse. He says, for I am with you, do not fear. With God with them, they had no need to fear. The very same thing is true today. That as believers in Christ Jesus, we're God's chosen people and we don't have a need to fear. We go through difficult times in our life. Sometimes because we make a decision to willfully rebel against God. And when we do this umbrella of protection that God has placed over us, we remove ourselves out from underneath that. Sometimes we go through dark times because of what's going on in the world today. Would you agree that if you look at the world as a whole, you would say that we as believers are living in a dark time? We're at a dark time in America because America has chosen to willfully remove themselves from God. God is still there. Just as God was still there with the Israelites, God was God's chosen people were the Israelites. As believers, born-again believers, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are God's chosen person. And sometimes we can begin to wonder in our own life, in the own darkness that we're going through, just as the Israelites, you know, they were humans just like we were. And Satan works on us with fear, just like he did the Israelite people. He wants to put into your mind, look at where you're at. You're there because of the decisions you made. Or maybe he'd say, look at where you are. Would God really let you be there? Would he allow his people to be in this dark time? Maybe, you know, maybe just God has decided he's tired of fooling with you. You know, Satan likes to use these thoughts. He likes to tempt you. When you get down tired and you get down in the darkness, Satan begins to worry. And he begins to want you to worry. And he begins to to move. But we must hold to just like the Israelites did that God is telling you today, I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know where you are in whatever level of darkness you may be there or why you're there because really that isn't what's important at the moment. We understand that the Israelites repented. And they turned back to God, but they still stayed in captivity for a while. But I want to tell you today, the Bible tells you, do not fear. I am with you, God said. What powerful words. You know, this thing, this new word we've heard over the last few years, COVID, it's brought a darkness to a lot of people. 
COVID is real. There's something out there. But the level of fear that has come with this is exactly what Satan wanted. It's a divisive thing. It has kept many from church. It's kept many from their life. I know some who will not darken out their door. Now, I'm not saying be stupid with it, church. I'm not saying that. But God tells us we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to live in a constant state of fear because our God is with us. Do we truly believe within our hearts that God is the God on the throne, that God is in control, that nothing happens to us unless God wills it? Then why do we fear? Because Satan wants to attack whatever our fears may be. Our God is greater than our fears. But not only does he say, did God say, do not fear, but God said, do not be anxious. You know, when fear kicks in, our anxiety picks up. Would you agree with that? All of us, I believe, over the last years experienced this anxiety. Well, here it is. Isaiah is telling the Israelite people, look there back in verse 10, it says, do not be anxiously looking about you. Here they are in captivity. They're looking everywhere around them, and all of a sudden, over time, maybe not all of a sudden, it's taking time, but they begin to realize you know, we're not in our homeland. Things are a little different. They can begin to, I want to imagine you put yourself there with them. Your homeland is Jerusalem. Everyone around you speaks Hebrew. You go to worship at the temple. But now you are in captivity. Begin imagining all around you the people are different. The language they speak is different. Their lifestyle, the political and religious setting, everything you know is different. They had no idea when or if they would ever return. They were the outsiders. You know, I can relate to this. I've shared with you all before the time I had the opportunity to go to Bangkok, Thailand. I knew where I was going, and I knew when I was coming home. But when I debarked off of that airplane, there was some anxiety. Everyone around me spoke a different language. Can you imagine everyone around you speaking a language you don't, you don't know what they're saying? Anxiety hit when the lady holding a sign with my name on it asked me to follow her because my luggage didn't make it. I'm more than 24 hours from home in a foreign land, no luggage. No one around me speaking English. You don't realize that when you go into a restaurant, 
and you hear all that murmuring going on, you don't pay that much attention. But when it's murmuring and you don't understand it, it really stands out. I began to look around and realize not only did they speak a different language, everyone around me looked different. The way they behaved was different. Their politics and their government was different. Their food, by far, was different. You go and try to order. I finally had an opportunity to go to the mall, and there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I was excited. But then you go up and you realize that there is a communication barrier between me and the person I'm trying to order. Doesn't speak English, nor do they care to speak English also realized that their religion was totally different than mine. Everywhere I would go would be temples to Buddha. Most of them there were Buddhists. You began to let anxiety kick in. But I had to remember to not look around. That's what Isaiah is trying to get the Israelites to understand. Don't look at where you are, even though you're no longer in your homeland. You're no longer able to worship the way you used to. The people you're with are a a pagan group of people. They worship different. They speak different. Everything about it's different. He says, don't anxiously look at that. He says, look at me. Focus on me. It tells us there, it says, don't be anxiously looking about you for I am your God. You know what God is telling him? He says, it doesn't matter where they were. It doesn't matter what was going on around them. God was their God. That's all that mattered. He's big enough to take care of them. And he says, if you continue to look around, you will become anxious. Your anxiety will hit through the roof. Your blood pressure, your blood sugar, everything else that goes along will totally be shot. If we today pause for any length of time and we begin to look at our surroundings we will very quickly realize we're no longer in the America we used to be. America was founded on godly principles. They came over from England because the government was controlling and running the religion. Now here we are in a country founded on godly principles that is now trying to take over our religion. And I believe today, more than ever, we need to hear these words. They're not mine. They're the words of God. When he sold them, he's telling us to today, do not anxiously look about you. If we begin to anxiously look around us, we will become very um, anxious thinking about what's going to be left for our children, what's going to be left for our grandchildren I mean, just look in the last 20 years, the downfall that happened. What's going to happen in another 20 years? Can you imagine people living in this world without Christ, how much anxiety would come on if they were to take their focus 
on what's around them. We need to remove our focus from what's around us, and we need to pay attention to God. Because he says, don't anxiously look about you, for I am your God. You know, the Israelites, they had thought God had left them. God has abandoned us. We're in captivity. He's no longer here. But God is saying, I am your God. That statement, I am your God, that goes back to the covenant. God made a covenant with his chosen people that they would be his people, that he would always be on the throne. They would always have someone in that line on the throne. The moment we as born-again believers accepted Jesus Christ, we, become in, we came into a covenant with him, and he's going to be our God regardless. Now, we might step away and not hear him for a while but when we come back he's still there just as that song said when you're in the valley jesus is there when you're on the mountaintop jesus is there when you're in the shadows of those alleys jesus is there and i'm going to tell you when you don't see him jesus is still there god is god god is on the throne he says don't anxiously look about you for i am your god Turn in your Bibles with me to the gospel according to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus was speaking and Jesus said these words. And church, we know this. If Jesus says it, we can count on it. Verse 28 says, And I gave eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. When we become a born-again believer, we become sealed in the hands of God. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a promise that he is coming back for us, and no one, nothing out there can ever snatch us out of the hand. You're not going to do something so horrible that God says, I'm done. It's not the God we serve. He says, I am your God. He will always be. It's an active. He's continuing on from that moment. He will always be our God. No one can snatch us. No one can take us away. We don't have to live in that fear. Jesus gave them and us the assurance that we are his and that no one can take us regardless of our surrounding. So if we understand to look at our surrounding is going to raise our anxiety, but we have a God, then church, let's set today in our minds to stay focused on God as we're going through this. God is with us. In 1 John 4, 4, it tells us you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. What a promise and a reassurance that what's in us, which is God, is greater than what's around us because what's around us can cause anxiety. But I also want us to look at God said, I will. Notice that I will. Not you will, not I might, but I will. God has given them three promises of what he will do 
for the Israelite people. He's told them, number one, don't fear, for I'm with you. And then he said, don't anxiously look about you, for I am your God. And then he goes into the three I wills within ourselves and in our flesh and our own strength. It would be difficult to not fear. Would you agree with me on that? That if we use what's within us, that times in our life, it would be difficult to not fear. It would be difficult to not get anxious about what's going around us, the state affairs in the world that we live in. To think about the future. How is it that Christians can live and push through? Well, here's what he told the Israelites that were in their captivity. And all three of these promises are God's working. That's why he says, I. The first one is, he says, I will strengthen you. I'm sure that after being displaced for some time now, the Israelite people were growing weak. They were not only growing probably weak in the physical stance, but in the spiritual too. When you see your homeland decimated, you're being controlled by someone else. The, the way you worship has been taken from you. And you're in this dark place and you don't ever know is it going to end. It begins to wear on them. It would wear on me. They are continuing to fight this spiritual battle going on around them. They struggled just as we do. But God knew their weakness and he said, I'm going to strengthen you. That's a promise. He said, I'm going to strengthen you. He's, I've not abandoned you. God wanted to help them not live in fear and to, to not have to worry about their surroundings that they were living in, to be reminded, God wanted to, of their unfailing love that he had for them. He would be with them. The Jews needed every bit of help they could to move forward. God says, I know where you're at. I am going to strengthen you. You don't have to go at it alone. And then he tells them there that I will help you. Would you like a helper to come along in this day and time? It's what God is telling the Israelites. He says, I'm going to help you through this. I know where you're at. I know what your struggle is. And just as the Israelites were God's chosen people, God would stick to their claim. He would stay with them. They would return to their homeland. Each and every day, they needed help. And then God told them, surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says, I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to keep you where you are, keep you in the status that you are. You are my chosen people. You're going to always be my chosen people. God's righteousness, God has a standard that he has to work by. And he made a covenant with them that they would be his people. So he said, I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, God tells us today, this is what he wants you to hear. I know your weakness. I know where you are at. And I will strengthen you to get you through. I will help you right where you are. 
He says, I'm going to uphold you. You know, we're God's chosen people. There are people who think that because of some sin that they've done, some thought that they've had, that God has just stepped away. As a born-again believer, God has never stepped away from you. You are his. You are locked in security with him, just as the Israelite was his people. That's what God's saying, that he's going to uphold and he's going to be there. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, the Israelites had chosen to disobey God because of their decisions. God had removed his hand of protection from them. And when God removed his hand of protection, the Israelites surrounding enemies came in, besieged them, took them captive, carried them away, tore down the temple, and destroyed the center of their worship. While in captivity, the Israelites repented of the wickedness and returned to God, and there was still a time that they were in exile, and God stepped up to give them assurance of who he was. I'm here today to tell you, if you've never accepted Christ, it doesn't matter what you've done. God can forgive you. It doesn't. Doesn't matter in your mind how big, how small. Our God is God. And he is true. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And all through the Bible, we see him doing this. The moment you turn your life over to him, you get these promises. You get the promise that you, you don't have to fear. You don't have to look about you anxiously. You get the promise that he's going to strengthen you and he'll help you and he will uphold you. And when we make decisions that allow us to go through dark times, don't ever think, that God has abandoned you. Don't ever think that God has fallen asleep. Don't ever think that God has just shut the communication line off. He's there. Satan wants to fill you full of the lies. But our God is our God. And he tells us to not fear. To not be anxious. And we can do all of those because when he says, I will strengthen you, he's going to strengthen us out of his abundance of strength. And he's got more strength than any of us need. When he tells us that he's going to help us, he has the powers and the means to do that. And when he says, I'll uphold you, you can count to it that he'll do that. He'll always be there for you, regardless. Now, sometimes through conviction of Holy Spirit, we realize we have to repent. And when we repent, his arms are wide open. Doesn't mean the consequences will automatically disappear. But when we do have those consequences, he's walking through us with them. See, just as that song said, there was Jesus. Doesn't matter where you're at today. There is Jesus. Doesn't matter what valley, what mountaintop, what alley there is jesus 
and he's there. He's walking through with us. He is our comfort and our strength, our rock and our salvation. And church is believers. That's why I wish we could get the message out to everyone so that they don't have to fear. They don't have to be anxious knowing that they're being held in the arms of a loving God. God wants us all to focus on him and to live a life free of fear. Fear of where is America going, fear of COVID, whatever your fear may be today, we don't have to fear. God's telling us what he's going to do for us. You see, when it looks at us, it says, do not fear. He was talking to them. He's talking to us. We don't need to fear. Or we have anxiety, but he will work. You see the difference? It's not us, it's him. We have to take us out of the picture, and we have to look at him. Lay bow your heads this morning. In the darkness, God still speaks. Where are you today? I don't mean, I know you're all here at church, but where are you? Are you on a mountaintop? Or are you in a valley? Don't always think the valley to be negative. It's dark. But when we're in the valley, we get to see the work of God all that much more. But we need to understand where we are. First of all, are you a believer? God's promises and God's help doesn't come until we turn our life over to him. But for those of us who are born-again believers, we do go through dark times. We do go through valleys. I want us to leave today kind of like the Israelites were. They were being encouraged. They were getting ready for a homecoming. They were getting ready to go back to Jerusalem. God was telling them, you're going back. They were getting ready for a homecoming celebration. Well, for those of us today who are God's chosen, we're aliens in this land. And we're all getting ready for a homecoming when Christ comes back for us. But until then, I want to leave you with those words of God. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Church, let's leave today encouraged that even though we're living in dark times, we can focus on a bright God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus also said that he was the light. We read in Psalms that thy word is a light unto my path. With God there is light. So let's look to the light and listen to God speaking. Father God, I thank you so much for your wonderful and great love. 
Father, thank you that you promise that you're with us, that you do not leave us nor forsake us. Father, I just pray for your guidance and for your light. And Father, may we focus on you and may we let you do the rest. And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen.